Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door Bumper Clear is on. Hey, everybody. I am TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup Car, 7 Xfinity, and the 29 Truck. And joining me today, Spotter Brett. This podcast is brought to you by One Main. I spot for Elliot Sadler and Clint Boyer and our lovely co-host. Hey, guys. It's KB. What's and up, KB? We are here in the Exalta studios. Kicking and it. we, Exalta, has given their website, exaltaracing.com, a fresh coat of paint, if you will. Oh, nice. To get all the latest news, photos, and the schedule for Dale's Exalta 88, uh, head over to exaltaracing.com. There's photo galleries, schedules for all the races, and race reports with all the info. They that you almost want. paid out $88,000 yeah. so yesterday. Close. That was close. We almost spent a lot of Exalta's money yesterday. So, uh, or yeah, Monday. Uh, we got to blame somebody, man. Who do we blame for 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 I somebody not winning? Do um, we blame you? I think we just blame Josh. <laughs> we do have that hashtag blame producer Josh so, sure. as well. <laughs> do I don't we, know. Do Mike, we blame Mike Chase Davis? Elliott? Let's blame Mike Davis. We got to blame somebody. Some fan was going to win eighty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, they, I mean it was. I mean it was pretty good chance they were going to get eighty-eight thousand dollars. So, I don't know. We should blame TJ. He's you a can spotter. blame me. I don't care. So that's what spotters are. They're also scapegoats. Uh, yeah, it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like last Pocono, oh Chris, why'd you stop spotting for him? I mean, it's in his front windshield, buddy. Yeah. You can go around. He, it's last I checked, they're clear. Yeah. You can see through them. Yeah. So uh, that yeah. happened with Sam Hornish. It's cool promotion. Good for Exalta. Hate that. TJ screwed it up for yeah. a fan. But. I completely boned. Whoever's name was getting pulled out of that hat, I am sorry. My favorite thing about TJ's point is, like a spotter can say 99 sentences that are positive and perfect through a race, and the broadcast yeah. will never play any of them. And the one time that the spotter gets jumped on or screamed at, the TV's like, oh, let's throw this guy under the bus and yeah. make him look like a tool. And, you know, some of them clips they do, when after, like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they don't they – don't, do the whole deal. No. They they make it 
how they want it to sound. They'll even move it around a little bit to a better part. That's the weird thing is they don't overlap the audio and the video at all times. Yeah. If it's delayed or if it's in a different part, it makes us look like idiots. Yeah, and it's not real fair. I mean, yeah. that, which I don't care what I look like, so I'm good with it. To me. I I'm, mean, I'm game. It's just not real fair to every you know people doing their job for you to cut a clip at one point and use it at another point just to make it interesting for your Steve for your right. show. It's the media. This uh-huh. is not condescending, so. I promise, but this will be one of my favorite spotter clips ever. It was last year at Pocono when Dale Jr. said, TJ, was that guy inside? TJ says, hell, I don't know. That's like a mile away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened. We, I uh, mean, but how hard is it to spot at Pocono, man? I mean, I, you tell oh. them before every race, look, when you get past the pit road, we can't tell depth perception. No. You can't tell. And – it, you really cannot tell. It's harder there than it is Talladega and stuff. Yeah, it, it's it, it way is. harder. It, it's our hardest track spot. It is in the turn one. And I tell him for every race, and apparently <laughs> apparently there was a car there, and he comes on there and is like, oh, was there a car down there? I'm like, I don't know. You're a mile, <laughs> away. You're a mile away. I told Clint yesterday before the race, I said, hey, man, just uh, general reminder, I'm I'm not much help in turn one. He said, oh, oh, so that's your way of saying whatever happens down there is not your fault. I said, for the next 400 miles, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I told Dell Jr., I'm like, from this point right here, and it was almost into pit road until right when they turn off the wall when you can tell where they're yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like, from there to right about here, I'm pretty much useless. Twice yesterday, I couldn't find my car, literally, because they go off into one, four, and five wide, and I'm like, and you can't okay, tell. I'm like, okay, the they're turning bumpers. left, and I'm like, still can't find him. <laughs> when it's sunny out, too, all, as you see, you see a lot of glare off the back windshields, and that pretty much erases any of the colors and stuff around it, so you can't even tell, which, and most of them... A lot of them have the same color back bumpers. Yeah. So you can't even tell where, where your car's at half the time. Yeah, t- and, and so. I mean, to continue this, the tunnel turn is awesome the way we have we have a great angle on it. Yeah. But it's a mile away from you, too. And then you got is. that big American flag blocking half of the long pond straight away. Turn three is not an easy corner to clear them off of either. Like, it is a tough place to do our job. It Maybe is tough. Wh- would it help you guys to have, you know, how they have two spotters in Indy for, for them to I would rather erect another spotter still. stand? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if. Or it, just rely more on the car and crew if chief. If you had a former spotter that understood exactly what his responsibility was and could fill that void for that four seconds that we need help, it would be okay. Yeah. But the odds of that happening are you'd have some clown you on the radio talking you when he didn't need to be. You would have to put if you the ideal place would be on the backstretch on right outside the tunnel turn. Yeah. And then he could spot on across at us yeah. in a turn you know, out of turn one three out of, and out of three one. and a one. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be the ideal, but it's still a long ways away. Yeah, and you'd have to put them up. I, I've always said if I own Pocono Raceway, I would tear the grandstands down, put them in the tunnel turn, move start finish to right smack dab in the middle of the tunnel turn because the fans are located where there's, other than restarts, not a lot going on. You know, if you look at the tunnel turn, they go through there two and three wide. The fans are a mile and a half away mm-hmm. from there. I'd put the fans right on top of the tunnel turn. Yeah, we don't have many accidents on the front straightaway either. No. Never really. Turn one in the tunnel turn, really. Yeah. The corners. And they can't see either one of those. Great. I'm really surprised there's not a small grandstand outside of three or outside of one. Yeah. Something, even small one. They do have the prettiest tunnel entrance in NASCAR, though. They, they do. do. Oh, it, it's did you leave the rustic tunnel? looking. Or did you go I out the back? the tunnel. Yeah. yeah, don't go on the backstretch. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, you go out of the backstretch. They give, they tell all the crew people and all that to go out on the racetrack, and we cut off this wall on the backstretch. Yeah. You make a right and go right back towards the tunnel. They held us for probably 20 minutes before. They let the tunnel empty out. Yeah, I was. I went out through the tunnel. Man, it was bad. It's like, oh, here you guys. We're going to cut your break and get you out of here right here, and then we're going to hold you right here. 
Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. And now we're going we're going to stay a, a little longer. There was a traffic a police officer out there that and he was being very forceful. Yeah. Like guys would swap lanes coming out of the tunnel. Slang word for asshole. Basically. <laughs> they'd be in the right lane and have to turn left. Yeah. And they would cut or then the left lane have to turn right and they'd try to cut through the cones. Yeah. He actually made a team van that cut through it, come back out and go left instead of right. I love policemen. I know they'd keep yeah. us safe. But when it comes to traffic, they can screw up a two car funeral. <laughs> Those guys, like, yeah. get, get back in your car, eat a donut, drink some coffee. We got this out here, right? We don't need yeah. to help. Sometimes I think it would flow better with just letting it go. Yeah, just let it go. I mean, let it go. go. Let it go. All right. So, uh, that's not a Bieber song. No, that's Elsa. That is Elsa. You, you like Elsa? <laughs> Elsa's hot. Uh, yeah. You like Elsa or Anna better? Blonde. I don't know. I feel like Blonde. Elsa. I feel like Elsa's a little on You guys on don't age. like redheads? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably take Anna. <laughs> Elsa's just, she's... Double date. She just looks like she's a She'd freeze you to death. Mean, yeah. bro. I'm mad at you. You're frozen. She looks yeah. mean. She yeah. does look a little mean. She's hot. Yeah. Anna's like, chill, relax. Likes to probably have a good time. Brett likes to be bossed around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my personality. Just do whatever you tell me. Do you me. have any idea what we're talking about? Yeah, frozen. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, me, we know. We got kids, so. Yeah. I have nine nieces and nephews. Spot on, spot off. Kurt Busch wins on fuel mileage. TJ. Spot on. Me. <laughs> Poconos a fuel mileage race. Anywhere where you can pit, anywhere where you can pit and not lose a lap can be a fuel mileage race. So, I mean, he did what he had to do. His win's definitely spot on. You know, I'm not so sure this was a real fuel mileage race, though. I perceive a fuel mileage race to be when the leaders start running out of gas and you truly get that drama of who's going to be the next one that can make it. I think we had... A couple guys run out, but but I'm I'm uh, not sure this was a full bone fuel mileage race. I think Pocono put on one of the better shows I've ever seen for a Cup race and the Xfinity race. We had a lot of drama too because it was rain shortened. So, hats off to Pocono for a good weekend. I'm sure it was. Did you watch on TV the ending? Yeah, we watched the last 30 races. It was probably upstairs. it was probably pretty dramatic. It was. We were all we were like we were short yeah. to begin with. Yeah. And they kept redoing the math, and finally, with them cautions, we were right. I mean, we were right at it, and the the forty one was two laps short. Yeah. And they're telling him to lift early on the straightaways and all this stuff, and he's trying to win the race still. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a fuel mileage race to me because everybody he was supposed to run out. We were trying to pressure him. There was a lot going on those last. That last run was all was the whole was like that the whole time. Yeah. So. Spot on, spot off. Tony Stewart's luck in twenty sixteen. Man, spot off. His luck has been crap. You yeah. know, I feel like his. I feel like he's had faster cars, but I, but I just, man, I wonder about his confidence. You know, I mean, everybody says this isn't the same Tony because the old Tony was the best guy to ever sit in a race car, in my opinion, in terms of all of racing, not just NASCAR. This guy's a wheel man, so to see him struggle like this is bad. You know, you have to wonder if he's wanting to hit the fast forward button and be retired, or mm-hmm. if he's truly trying to reestablish himself and gain some energy to make this chase. Yeah, it's it's spot on. He's got terrible luck. I, although I do think as soon as he breaks through, Tony's one of them guys. As soon as he breaks he through, he get though, hot, man. Yeah, like he won that championship. He got real hot. Yeah. So and he he said before that championship run, I don't deserve to be in the chase. And then he went and won the championship. He won half the races. Yeah, in the chase. But he he'd do that, man. I mean, he'd come in in '99 when he got here. Like, he'd get hot in the summer, and he'd go in four or five races. You know, he'd get hot, slick, and he'd wear your ass out. So, we may see that guy again. He could easily win next week and win the next three out of five races. Yeah. You never know with him. No. He's, he, But he's got the ability and talent he's to do He's got to get his mojo back. 
Yeah. Spot on, spot off. Chase Elliott leads 51 laps at Pocono. Spot on. I mean, that's a rookie leading laps. He's won there before, though, in an ARCA car, so he knows his way around that place. But, Ch I mean, Chase and Blaney are the real deal. They're going to be here for a long time, and you might you need to get used to seeing them because they're, they're going to be around. For sure, spot on. I think we haven't seen a rookie come in and do this well at Pocono since Denny Hamlin did it. Or in general, in, in, in a season. In a, in a season. And, and, I mean, Chase Elliott is running better than Jeff Gordon ran last year in his car with his crew and his crew chief every single week. So for me to say in some sort of an analogy here that Chase Elliott is better than Jeff Gordon, that's a big <clears throat> statement. Yeah. Uh, and come in, what I like about Chase is he's just decently fast in practice. You know, he's not top of the charts. He's not the greatest. He always quali he doesn't seem to qualify the best yet. No, no. But, man, halfway through that race, here he comes. He and just slowly works his way up. And to TJ's point, a lot of what struggles are as a rookie, it's not that you aren't a good driver. It's not that you can't go fast. It's you don't know what feel to look for during practice on Saturday to make it translate to speed on Sunday. Whatever Chase Elliott and Allen are doing, they're figuring that out and figuring it out everywhere we go. And, yeah, and he was really aggressive yesterday, especially with Kyle he's Busch. Just, he's yeah. definitely he he's definitely very aggressive. Kyle saying, you know, I'll remember that. Like, come on. Did I, he wreck Kyle? He didn't. No. Wreck Kyle. Did you see what happened? I was watching it. When I that saw happened. somebody wreck Kyle. Somebody made it three wide around. No, that. Yeah, this that was, was uh, okay. Kyle actually ran Chase down for the lead. Okay, and. Kyle got to him entering turn three, and instead of just going in on the bottom, Chase went in on the second groove, and Kyle drove underneath him. He left it open. Yeah. Purposely. Yeah. And when he got to the middle, Chase is back in the gas coming down the racetrack, pinching him down there so he can get a better run off. Yeah. Well, Kyle's down there, and I guess just assumed that he was just going to give up the position. Yeah. And Chase passed him back for the lead, and Kyle got out of shape and got passed by the 20, and Chase kept the lead for a while. Yeah. So, and I don't think Kyle liked that, but I don't, I don't know. Kyle's just a big cry baby anyways well here's the thing we we struggle we said this a couple weeks ago quit being buddies in the motorhome lot and race that's racing yeah even like uh we talked about it earlier before the show like racing for the win at the end of the race chase tried to get us up out of the track in the tunnel turn i mean i don't blame him for trying it he's trying to win the race yeah and you know it, it eventually cost us both a spot because the 41 got around him and then got a run on us and was able to get around us but he thought that was his chance to win the race. Yeah. And he didn't wreck us. He did what he had to do. He's aggressive. I mean, I like it, but you just got to be careful with that because there is a fine line. There is an edge where you don't want to cross and you don't want to become – you don't want to become a – you don't want all them veterans looking at you like, whoa, this, you know, this kid needs to calm down. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I mean, he's not – Because then not, they'll calm him down. Yeah, they will. But he's not wrecking <laughs> yeah. people. He's racing nope. hard. I, nope. I like watching him. He's a, he's a blast to watch. I agree. Spot on, spot off. Kyle Larson wins inaugural – uh, Xfinity race at Pocono on the rain out. Man, Kyle Larson's had one coming, you know, whether it was going to yeah. be an Xfinity or a cup. He, he's had a win coming. So I'm going to say spot on, and I'm going to say spot on for this reason. It wasn't a Toyota because they were dominant. I can get behind that. They were dominant on Thursday in testing. They were dominant in qualifying. They were stupid fast during the race. So I honestly felt like to some degree – it was going to be a Toyota day, and I think Kyle Larson reigned on their parade. You know, and he did it by having the right strategy and being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, spot on. You take them. You don't ever. If you get the win, it doesn't matter how you get it. Now they're not. They're these races are not easy to win. So spot on. I mean, I don't. 
if you want to buy fuel miles, rain, however you win it, you're in the right spot when that checker flag flies. So We were talking about something, uh, me and some buddies this weekend. You're Kyle Larson. You're at Dover. You have a chance to win your first cup race. You choose not to rough Matt up to win. You know, Do you rough Matt up if he already has a win and he's locked in the chase? Or do you not rough Matt up because you remember that Matt Logano thing and you don't want him to turn your head on in the wall next week? Like, you know, like you, you've seen this guy almost have a chance to win and go in the media center and, and really just kind of be like, well, I want to win my first one clean and I don't really want to be a rivalry. Mm. Well, we need you to win mm-hmm. and we need a rivalry. So, yeah. like, step up and do something. So There's I mean, a, there's cool a way to do it as well there's a way to to rough somebody up without destroying their yeah, race yeah. if you if you move the guy off the track a little bit to pass him yeah you can I, do the I'm, bump and run like dale earnhardt did to terry labonte at bristol yeah yeah just <clears throat> real nice nah, I easy mean, way <laughs> we don't need a guy to ride second because he wants to win his first race clean we need a guy i'm not saying go in there and hit out the guy on the wall but you need yeah. to go in there win try to win try to win you're, you're paid to win races you know we'll take so. a quick break on one main we'll be right back this is Elliot Sadler driving one main Chevrolet for JR Motorsports. My number one Chevy is heading all over the country this year, hosting events at different one main branches throughout the season. There's food, giveaways, and lots of photo opportunities. Hey, did I mention food? Head on over to OneMainRacing.com for all the upcoming shows, dates, and info from the event. All right, guys, we're heading into Fast Lane. And if you've never listened before, brief rundown of what it is. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, and I'm going to alternate who responds first. Each gets 30 seconds to voice their opinion. This should be fun. And then the person who responded first gets a 30-second rebuttal. So let's go. Brett, you're up first. Okay. The number two team was penalized yesterday for unapproved changes to the body. Jack Mann uh, put his body weight into the side of the car. And it led to comments from Jeff Gordon in the booth and Brad Kay after the race. Do you think this was on purpose to create more downforce or just a mistake? No, it's a strategy. Teams have been doing this for a while. NASCAR started cracking down on it. You know, the Jackman will literally slam the side of the car to the point that they can alarm the driver in the car if the driver's not ready for it because it's a loud boom. And it takes and it flares out the fender, which creates more side force, creates more downforce. It gives them more grip. It gives them the ability to have more to lean on. The two car was cheating intentionally yesterday and got caught. Yeah, like he said, it's not the first time. It happens every race at some point. I mean, whether they hit it, and he just happened to catch the eye of NASCAR when he hit it. I mean, I saw the replay, and he did, he did hit it really hard. He door slam it. He did it. He did hit it pretty hard. So I don't. And this happened earlier at Kansas with McMurray. Yep. McMurray actually came down pit road. They took the side window out. No, no it was no, Kansas. It was Kansas. Yeah. They took the side window out and had to fix it. Yeah, and they lost two or three laps, basically ruined their race. So um, NASCAR, it's good to see them police stuff like this, and hopefully they continue. The Jeff Gordon made the analogy of he did the same thing at Vegas and got a penalty. Jeff Gordon was wrong in his comment there, but Brad Keselowski's team did do this in Vegas, and he did win the race. Did this help him win the race? Absolutely. They weren't cracking down on it now. Now they are. And then Brad made some comments. Jeff doesn't need to be on TV because he owns part of the forty-eight. Yeah, Jeff needs to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's won multiple championships, Daytona 500s, Brickyard 400s. We don't need your buddy Parker Klingerman in the booth. No, I like Jeff in there. <laughs> Even if he is a little bit biased or whatever, he's a fresh perspective of what's out of the car. So. Yes, agree. There was a lot of talk on the broadcast about teams being short on fuel towards the end of the cup race. Only one car, Casey Mears, ran out. How easy or hard is it to still be competitive but also save fuel, save fuel aggressively? 
Uh, it's it's hard, especially when you're in the top three and racing for a win. You're trying to push. If you're second like us, you're trying to run the other guy out, but you're also trying not to run yourself out. So some drivers are better at it, and I don't I don't know exactly what we entered the race with in our tank, but um, I know the 41 w was a lot shorter than we were, and he ended up making it as well. But there there's things these guys can do, and and um, you know I, apparently everyone did it good yesterday. Yeah, except, I mean when, when you look at saving fuel, you can lift a lot earlier. You know, getting in the corner, you can gradually get back to the gas. You can turn your car off when you're on the straightaway, literally, and coast. And before you get to the corner, fire it back up. What? You know? Yeah. So these guys have a lot of different ways to save fuel. If you're going to try and advance, you can't save a lot of fuel. It's just the way it is. You know, so when you look at those guys passing each other, they're not saving a lot of fuel. The guys being passed are. Yeah, I don't. There's just. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do the truck race at Charlotte? No. No, you didn't do it at Charlotte. So we finished fourth in this truck race at Charlotte. We weren't even close to running top five. Right. And we took a 18th place truck at that point. We run fourth with it. Yeah. And all we did was ride around half throttle, and we almost got lapped. And the 88 Crafton actually had to pit. Yeah. As soon as he pitted, we backed it up even more. But we literally rode around half throttle and made it and finished fourth. Yeah. So It can work. Yeah. This is one of my favorites because we were there for it. <laughs> Ryan Seek and Ryan Reed and their teams fought in the garage after a wreck involving the two at Pocono. Seek commented, everywhere he goes, it seems like he is always in a wreck. Money can't buy skill. Our <laughs> fight's good for the sport. That was class. It was great. Hell yes, fights are good for the sport. It's the only reason people even watch hockey. So, yes, they're good. <laughs> Did you see the in-car camera of I Ryan Seek coming in and <laughs> swinging at, at Ryan Reed? First of all, what a wussy swing that was. Second of all, <laughs> if he missed, Ryan Reed should have knocked him out. So the the fight yeah. could have been a little bit better, but this started back in Charlotte when Ryan Reed raced Ryan Sieg a little too hard. And, and you know, so this rivalry's building. Two Ryans. Ding, ding, ding. I don't know what that noise was. Wow. Good job, Kristen. Yeah, so these – these they should just let these two dudes go for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean they're not like ones outrageously. It's not. Yeah. You know, not not a heavyweight versus a lightweight here. Yeah. Give them thirty seconds. See what happens. <laughs> thirty but seconds a long time to fight, you, man. Did you hear what about the two crews? Uh uh Somebody a reporter asked like, "Hey, where were all your guys at?" And Ryan's like, or Sieg's like, "Those are all my guys. All five of them." <laughs> I guess there's like twenty Roush guys there. Oh, man, I love to see a good fight. NASCAR has come in now though and said, "Hey." Driver against driver, we're okay. Crew guys, you better not touch a driver. Matter of fact, don't even wink at a driver or we'll kick your ass out of here. So yeah. we as crew guys have to be very careful not to let those emotions overcome us and make stupid mistakes. Which is fair. Which is semi-fair. You shouldn't have a jackman hitting anybody. You know, you shouldn't have a jackman coming in there and So hitting. we got to pair the jackman against the jackman. <laughs> yeah, tire man. Or, or pit crew changer. versus pit crew. Yeah. You know, well, that's what we did at we, that's what we did at <laughs> Phoenix. On, that's what we did at Phoenix. It was yeah. the 15 team against Jeff Gordon's team, and quite frankly, Gordon's team looked like a bunch of wimps. Like our guys were destroying them dudes. RPR rep on the 88, and that's Kelsey. the difference in a bunch of country guys fighting a bunch of muscle milk drinkers because the country guys drink. were kicking their ass. Yeah, I'll take Redneck over Jim any day. I'm talking about G-M-G-Y-M, -G not J-I-M. <laughs> RPR girl on the 88 texted all of us, and she said he needs to fight like a man and take it to the middle of the garage so we can all watch. Yeah. It was such a wuss. So did y'all so actually wussy. get to see some of this? Kelsey did. Kelsey yeah, did. Did you see yeah. any of this? Did I didn't. You? No. She was giving us play-by-play -play in our group text. Why does she not video it? Uh, that's a good question. She had Bowman, so she was trying to keep him. 
There's some gas man and jack man in this garage that are 6'8", 320 yeah. pounds. They're huge. Yeah. Nah, I don't want them dudes hitting me ever. Like That's what I'm saying, ever. man. It needs to be pit crew, pit crew, or yeah. driver, driver. Yeah. The Hendrick so. boys who pit our cars, Landon, he's like, he's got to be like 6'7". Like, yeah. he's massive. The country singer. I feel safe all the time, but yeah. he's huge. There's some big dudes. All right, there are 12 races left before the chase begins, and nine drivers have locked themselves into it so far. Who do you think will be the next to be locked in with a win? TJ. Oh, boy. I don't know. I, f- I feel like I feel like the 88's making ground here lately, and I feel like we are, we're going to some of our, one of our better tracks, so I feel like we could be on edge here. Kurt ran. Kurt won Michigan last time. Yep. We finished second to him. We should have won that one as well, but we might have got arguably the best restart of our life that race. Um I'll go 88. We had our best being Clinton had his best car this weekend. We were going to run top 15. We hit the drain missing a wreck on our turn one. And we literally hit the drain and we jumped like a dune buggy and it destroys the car. We still finished 17th with it. We've had a lot of brake issues. If they can get our brake issues figured out, Clint is extremely talented and a very good driver at Sonoma. So I'm going to take my guy, Sonoma. Side eye. Did you drink this morning? <laughs> Because we, you Aqua, want to Aquafina. I'm going to drink a put, lot later today. Do you want to put money on this? What kind of money? On your last fa- time on, we bet on, money, I won. On this deal, who's going to chase next? No, not that, <laughs> not that part. Because <laughs> if we get to a point situation, I'm. I screwed. mean, I, we're coming off a second, which is that's next in line. You're coming I, off a 17. I realize that. <laughs> okay. I know. Making sure. <laughs> Over the weekend, the world lost Muhammad Ali. In your opinion, was Ali the best boxer to ever live? Brett, here we go. Muhammad Ali was the best talker to ever live. He and Ric Flair are the two best at running their mouth. He was certainly a great boxer. But I can't ignore the fact that this guy is a draft-dodging American. So he couldn't box for three and a half years because he dodged the draft. That's why he didn't get to box in the prime of his career, because he, quote, didn't want to fight a war. Dude, you're fighting a war every time you step in a ring. If that isn't double standard, I don't know what is. You know, I don't know if he's the best boxer of all time, but he definitely has a lot of – there's a lot of good clips of him in boxing matches minus the draft stuff. Uh, he he was a very entertaining boxer for sure. So although I don't know, I, can I go with that big dude and Mike Tyson's punch out? <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that real big dude. Yeah, James, James Buster Douglas. No, no, it's a video game. Yeah, remember oh. Mike Tyson's punch out? Yeah. yeah, I think Muhammad Ali did a lot of great things for his race, and he was a big advocate for hey, look at me, I can be a superstar athlete, and I can survive and pioneer a lot of those things. This guy said he got punched in the head 29,000 times. He made over $57 million. And most importantly, he said he saved half of it. Smart dude. Yeah, that's impressive. That's rare in pro sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So, I mean, I don't just come in here talk. And this topic, you know, this is Josh's best off-the-wall topic yet because it's not about a movie that I've never seen. Like, we're talking about sports. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah, it's got to be sports because I know you two guys, we can't do anything Sports else. and music, Josh, are all I know. Like I'm Except I'm, the Grammys. Sports and Justin Bieber is all Justin, you know. <laughs> yes. Listen, I really it. thought this was going to be about mi- the mis- USA or whatever. I yeah, really I thought an off-the-wall I, topic would have been about that. I, I wouldn't have known what to do. Me neither. <laughs> was she hot? Did she? She was Miss DC, it. and she's um, in the Army Reserves. Yeah. Miss DC? That's not even a state. It's a district. Of Columbia. I thought you had to be from a state. DC's in there. Is Puerto Rico in there? Because we... you damn right Puerto Rico's in there. Right. It's a state. No, it ain't a state. Pennsylvania's a commonwealth. Puerto Rico should be a state. 
It's the state capital. No, it's the. <laughs> We're looking very intelligent right now. Is Puerto someone, Rico in there? Is it a state? Someone pull up a Wikipedia page quick. Yeah. All right. We're moving into hashtag AskDBC. Hashtag we have five questions that we pulled off Twitter and Facebook. Four off Twitter, one on Facebook. So the winner, as TJ and Brett choose, will receive an Elliott Sadler autographed hat. At Hensley underscore Daniel asks, why does NASCAR only use rain tires on road courses? Hensley Daniel. Let me explain something to you. Our speeds at a place like Michigan, when it's dry, are 205 miles an hour. When it's wet, we could still probably run about 150 to 160 down the straightaway. I heard they when, tested at 212. When we got, Wow. So 212. So when we get to the corner on a rain tire with a wet track, it's still not going to hold the car. We're still going to hit the wall. We're still going to crash. Road courses are completely different animals because they're flat. We can run out of the groove. We can do some things to keep these guys safe. We can't run that fast on a wet track with no kind of tire. Yeah, that's just not going to work. With it. Plus the rooster tail. Could you imagine oh the size of the rooster God. tail? 39 <laughs> cars doing a rooster tail? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to see anything. Yeah. It'd be terrible. On our Facebook page, CJ Dodd asks, As we know, the summer is heating up, so what things do you do as spotters to keep yourselves cool and hydrated? Josh. <laughs> really? <laughs> Sorry, Ellie, you guys He's asked not winning that. <laughs> well, Brett has like a woman up on top fanning him with fig leaves yeah and feed me grapes and tj yep. has an ice vest on yeah we we a bunch of guys have started wearing these golf sleeves have you seen those? i wear those yeah so the the golf sleeves is something people are doing uh, our buddy billy o wears a great big hat <laughs> yeah i don't either our buddy billy o wears a great big hat to keep the sun off of him this is the one thing i would change about our position we need a canopy or a shade it would make our lives so much easier during the summer because i'm gonna be honest with you it's 100 degrees and we're baking in the sun and the only thing nascar tells us is tough you can't go anywhere that, that the fans are at. You have to go on the roof or you have to go down to the concourse. This is a serious question, but would you ever, like, carry an umbrella up there? People do. Some guys do. Actually, some – If it depends on the track you're at. If, there's, if you can get near a corner, you can take one of them. You can take an umbrella and you can actually bring some – I don't know how they – some rope or something mm-hmm. and they tie it around there. Zip and, ties or something. Yeah, something, and they, they sit under it and – but he's right, though. It would be nice for when they do these renovations to the tracks to – it doesn't have to be extravagant. Mm-mm. Just a small roof, you know, a small anything. There's a there's a covered deal in Phoenix in turn one that would be perfect. Step one to be to let us wear shorts, which they won't. You know, when you look yeah. at IndyCar, That's everybody everybody too. in IndyCar is wearing black nice shorts, you know, to their knees. Yeah. And, and I know we can't wear jorts up there, but it would be nice to certainly put on a nice pair of shorts what's like TJ th- Sport. What's, what's the, the rationale behind that? Because they don't shorts. want us to be on TV wearing shorts. Why? Then I got it. I'll make a deal with you. Don't put us on TV and let me wear shorts. Yeah, I, the shorts would be awesome. It, there's a the the problem is a couple guys would. There's a few people up there that would break it. And you know, if you could wear, uh, we could self police like, it. I think. Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I don't. We should be allowed to wear shorts. If you're on the roof all day and it's 90 degrees outside, you should be able to wear shorts. It, it's it hot. Sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they let you wear shorts in the garage now. Well, not not crew guys though. It, that's the motor on the car. That's the motorhome drivers. Like that's not that's the fans. That's not the the, the the hard car crew guys are not supposed to wear shorts. Not that's per NASCAR, right? But I understand the people that are working on the car and stuff and being in the garage. Yeah. There's a difference when you're in the garage. I wouldn't probably wear shorts if I was working on the yeah. car. When we get to Kentucky, <laughs> we get to Indy. It is hot. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. I might. We should just take up. 
we should just take up. Why don't we just all pitch in and buy like two or three small easy bunch ups of easy up tents and put them up? Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. I mean, it costs us what? I'd pitch in twenty. Oh, if everyone yeah. pitched in twenty bucks, we'd have five. We'll just them. line up the easy ups. And Why don't you just, just take the JRM ones from out back? Well, we'll just leave them there on the roof. Yeah. We'll take them there and just leave them up there. Just leave them because they're in Kentucky. There is absolutely no shade. There's one little built, one little deal that's a bathroom there, and yeah. there's like thirty I, of us trying to get into the shade. Of I it. just go sit in the bathroom, on the floor. I was wondering who was in there. Naked. <laughs> just lay down. You know how you get high, you just lay on the floor naked and be like, man, this was good. On the bathroom in Kentucky. There's some bathroom floors that I would lay on, but that is not one of them. It's <laughs> very Kentucky of you. one of them. And the escalator always breaks. So, hey, if Kentucky's listening, go ahead and work on that now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the race sneaks up on whoever runs Kentucky. Oh, we need an elevator to work? A scoreboard? Oh, an escalator. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, go ahead and turn it on and lube it up now. Yeah, lube. Get, a lot yeah, of lube. A lot of lube. That thing sticks and stops, and it sucks. Hey, get the elevator people over there, too, because that thing breaks as yeah, well. It breaks every, if, if it rains. What's that comedian? He he's he died, but he said uh John Candy. Escalator's broken. Sorry for the convenience. It's now stairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in Kentucky, that is like 10 flights and I literally feel it bad is. for some of the elderly folks that are in there because it's hot. There's no air and they're stuck. And let me tell you, this escalator is not just going up one flight of stairs here. It's no. like four or five stories. Yeah, at least. At least. You're going from way down in the ground back up out of the racetrack on the grandstand side. It's not just like – it's like how many? Five? Four or yeah. five? It's like five yeah. flights of escalators. Yeah. I started running December 5th to be ready for Kentucky, literally. That was one of my yeah. motivating factors. Some people leave the night before the practice just to get up there in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb. Gray Goose one F one fifty asks, "Ooh, Gray Goose F one fifty. So yeah. vodka and Jeez. four trucks. <laughs> four trucks. With the amount of cameras NASCAR has put on pit road, why do teams still try to alter the car illegally? Just looking for an team. advantage, man. Any advantage they yeah. can get. It's yeah, it's big. Like if you can do it and get away with it, like we all, all of our jackmen hit the doors. We all, and not so you know, and you're obviously there's uh you got to be careful with it because it's a discretion call, but yeah." If you can flare that out a little bit, you got. I mean, it's a huge downforce deal. It's huge. Yeah. It's like putting a wing on the side of the car. Yeah. So, we're racing numbers, you know. I mean, by that we're racing how much horsepower can we produce? You know, is it seven hundred thirty or is it seven hundred eighty? Well, more is better. We're we're racing numbers and downforce counts. And if these guys are do the, doing this, this has been tested in the wind tunnel. They know they're getting thirty, forty more counts of downforce. That is a big deal in terms of grip. So. You give any of the good guys that much more, they're gone. Yeah, I mean, I sign me up. Yeah, I mean, geez. Yeah. At Davy Center, asks, is Pocono Raceway the most difficult oval and or quote unquote roval to spot <laughs> due to its size, length, and trickiness? Oh, I see what you did there, sir. It's to rock around to rock around. I think we touched on this earlier. I mean, yeah, yeah I think you guys answered it already. It's one of the hardest tracks to spot at. Yeah, there in Phoenix are my two most challenging tracks. And I don't know that there's a lot they can do at Pocono to fix it unless they put us in the tunnel. The Brickyard is not terribly challenging to spot at. It's you can't just, see You can it. only see half the track. Yeah, you can't see but it. But the half that you can see is usually, it's not terrible. Yeah. When you go to Pocono, you literally cannot tell the depth perceptions. And that's the same thing with Phoenix. It's real hard to tell. Phoenix, we're kind of lucky it's a short track because it's not that far away from you. You can kind of yeah. tell a little bit. But yeah. Pocono is it's tough. Pocono and Phoenix, three toughest. At me. Collins 80, Mark asked, which is better, vinegar-based Eastern North Carolina barbecue or mm. ketchup-based Western North Carolina barbecue? That's a good one here. Man, I, oh, I saw almost a tie. 
but but I like them both a lot. What do you like? Oh, I'll go ketchup all the way. Yeah? Yeah, that vinegar stuff's for... Mm. I got some good vinegar stuff you need to try. It's called George's. Do you like it a little bit spicy? Not really. Oh, you wimp. See, I, ketchup, <laughs> I put ketchup on ketchup, so I always... Yep. <laughs> you just drink ketchup. I'll put ketchup on mashed potatoes. I'll put ketchup on cheese. everything. Yeah, I always, sure. I like... I, I do like... Mashed butter. potatoes? That's yeah, weird. why not? <laughs> you put gravy on it. Oh. I, I'm, I'm a ketchup person. I... You can't give me enough ketchup. I like honey mustard barbecue sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Who won? Who gets a hat? Um, TJ pick. Let's, uh, Josh, have you ever picked? Huh? Have you ever picked? Yeah, let Josh pick. You well, pick he picked the, the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah so let him pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've never picked. Let's go ahead and pick. Uh, you've never picked. Come on, man. Hello, there's only one that can win. The other ones are. <laughs> yeah, Josh. No hey, offense. Josh, there's only one winner. Well, then what is the winner? No, you got to pick the barbecue. You're you're the barbecue. Barbecue. One? The barbecue one. Fine. Collins, eighty, Mark. You winner. And in one week, Collins, eighty, Mark, yell at Josh because he'll forget to send your hat out. So I saw something this week to bother me a little bit, man. Oh, good. Um, it's rant time. Mark Martin, um, recently elected into the Hall of Fame. Right. Good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, guy's a very accomplished racer. But they interviewed him, and and he said. You know, I haven't been back to the racetrack but one time since I retired. And I came to the racetrack to help Danica. And I left before qualifying even started because I felt so out of place. I felt like I didn't have anywhere to go. I felt like I didn't have a use. Aww. I felt like I was there for really no reason. And, and and I and I start thinking back, man, at all these guys that, that have gone away in my career which has been a lot of great guys who did a lot for the sport. And you, you see a guy like Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, Jeff Gordon, you know, transfer into TV and broadcasting. And you see guys, you know, like Sterling Marlin and, and you know, like Mark Martin that just Ricky Rudd that are great names that just completely go away. And I almost feel like, hey, NASCAR, this is an alarm going off saying we need to do something here. Like, we need a hospitality area. We need a function. We need a reason to invite these guys to come, be the grand marshals, just for for the fans, mm-hmm. if for no other reason. So, man, I was kind of heartbroken for that guy reading that. Yeah, I like having Mark Martin around. He's so entertaining on Twitter and stuff, too. He, and he's always been a he's always been a fixture from when I from when I was work started working in the sport. Heck, yeah. when I first started, he was winning all those Xfinity races and stuff in that 60 car. He was winning everything. Yeah. And, uh, He's definitely a guy you would definitely want to have around the racetrack for sure. So yeah, I kind of think he he should have. I didn't. Maybe he should have came to the roof and hung out a little bit or yeah, something. Yeah, come bring a cooler beer and hang out with us yeah. or something, man. Uh-huh. I don't know, but I mean, the tracks or somebody has to read that and go, hey, we're we have a void here in our sport and we can do something about it. Your tracks are constantly looking for other ways to bring fans in and provide experiences yeah. that you can't yeah. get anywhere else. So I'm why not a hundred percent sure that I'm not a hundred percent sure though that those guys would come out just to come to a track yeah. event though. Yeah. You know what I mean? IndyCar did something I really like this year. They got Sarah Fisher to drive the pace car in over half the races. And and look, I'm a big Brett Bodine fan. I think he's done a great job at his job because he does other things just in drive the pace car. He helps keeps costs down for the teams. He he has a lot of other things he, he does, does at the yeah. R and D center. I agree. But man, let's bring in Ricky Rudd and let him drive the pace car fifteen times. You know, let's bring you know what I'm saying? There there's something we can do for these guys. Yeah, I agree. Something yeah. We need them engaged. Even even in the tower or something. Something. You know, if we get some of these guys, like Mark Martin would probably call a heck of a race, too. Yeah. Imagine him learning how to do some of that, you know. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm all for it. 
Yeah. My other thing I'm I'm frustrated with as a sports fan is I'm watching crew chiefs get suspended for a missing lug nut mm. on a tire. If I'm a foot head football coach for for South Carolina Gamecocks and a sneaker falls off of one of my players, or even if the helmet falls off of one of my players, nothing happens to me. Mm-hmm. I, you, you can't put that accountability on that position. I, I, I don't know, man. We yeah. went from one extreme of we don't care if you have lug nuts on your tire or not to we're suspending the crew chief if you don't. Like it's almost – it's a slap in the face on the heels of the Tony Stewart comment, the fine, and then they make this big of a change. Man, it, this – I'm not a they – they, this is this is out of control. Yeah, I'm not really sure the crew chief is to blame for that. You know, but another thing is we all have video of our pit stops. You know – that tire changer knows if that lug nut's not on. And if he messes up, he needs to come and tell that that crew chief, look, we need to come back down. I don't care if we're first, second, third, or fourth, or 20th. I miss that lug nut. We need to come back down. There is no reason why you should finish a race missing a lug nut, to me, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that that guy, to me, if they finish a race like that, they know, and they're just – I mean, or they don't – or the guy never told on them. Yeah. You know, if the, crew, if the tire changer doesn't tell – How's the crew chief supposed to be at fault for that, you know? If the tire guy doesn't get the air pressure perfect, he doesn't get the crew chief suspended. If we, as spotters, there's nothing we can do from the roof to get the crew chief suspended that I know of anyway. Yeah. Like, there's there's nothing the know. interior guy can do with the hose to the helmet that gives the air the driver more air. Like, you can't take a guy's job and make it get another guy completely suspended. Not when it's something that this is this insignificant. Yeah, no. I, I don't. I don't think there's any reason they should finish races with missing lug nuts. But I don't think the crew chief. Uh, he how, how is he supposed to know half the time if the guy never he, tells him? He, he doesn't know. That's my point. It's, it's it's out of control. Do you think the crew chiefs really get mad at that? They get a week off and paid with pay. Yeah, I mean, 15 minutes before the race. Hey, I'm ready to Facetime you. Know, okay. Yeah. All right, we're on. Yeah. Be right, I'll be my right favorite, back. My favorite one is when the crew chief is suspended. And you see him on the airplane, or you see him at the airport, or you see him get yeah. in a rental car, and it's like, oh, well, he's suspended, but yeah, he's somewhere around here. <laughs> oh, I mean, oh, he's staying, oh, he's conveniently staying in the casino at Dover. <laughs> wow. Oh, he's got a he's got a room with a view of the track. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's man. amazing how that works. What a great Convenient. vacation for that yeah. guy. Even when they suspend a crew chief, you're not. Uh, he's, all the access they have, they're still involved. There's yeah. no way. Unless you have an official sitting on that pit box monitoring what they're even then. Yeah. I mean, who you t- who you typing to over there, Felicia? <laughs> Talking to Felicia over here. Yeah. Yeah. My wife. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's. Uh, they shouldn't. I don't know if they should be suspended for that. If there was a way to get them suspended from the roof, I'm pretty sure you'd probably find it. Yeah. I, I think you would. Michigan predictions. Boy, I got beat last week. You've been beat pretty bad he, here recently. He put me in that pickle with that Kyle Larson pick, and I was watching it. So there was a point in the race where Ricky and Kyle were, were <laughs> side, side by, by side. side, and I go down there, I go, TJ, look where the 42 and 17 it are. Was right at halfway. And he's like, man, this is awesome, but I still got a better car. Well, then I'm watching at the end of the race, and I see the 42, and I look at everybody in front of him, and they're all studs. And I was like, for me to have beaten him this week, like I was going to have to stud up. And I wasn't willing to do it, but this week. I like week, that term, stud up. But this week, you would. <laughs> this week, I'm going to stud up. If he's going to beat me this week, he's going to he's going to get 
His, his cowboy boots and his spurs and his saddle and his hat, and he's going to have ahead. to go big right here. Swing for the fence right Matt here, buddy. Matt Kenseth. Oh, that's fine. Let's see who I got. Mr. You Michigan, know. Matt Kenseth, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I will uh, – <laughs> I'm probably just going to have to let you go and, and hope for Let some, me go. And let hope go, for some dog. bad luck let because me go. you're going to use all your good ones up. You're not getting left in the chase. Let me go. Let's see here. <laughs> Josh Wise. I mean, I'm not throwing out David Reagan or Josh Wise here at you, but how many races are left in the season completely? 22? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Josh, you're the producer. Yeah, I know. Dang, you're supposed producer. to be omniscient. Blame producer Josh. Hmm. Yeah. TJ's got a now. Wikipedia over here trying to figure yeah. out who he's going to get. <laughs> Do you need me to read that to you? Are you good? <clears throat> Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola's been running good. You, you've got a you've got a belt on without pants. That's not a belt. <laughs> a belt on without pants. Whatever it's that is. It's a dress is. with a belt. Thanks. So let's go, <sighs> brother. 20, you want to talk about your vacation plans while he takes freaking forever? Twenty twenty-two races. Left. God, what did I say? How many races did I say? Twenty-two, 22. just like last week, Kristen. Let's man, go, Greg Biffle. Man. Biffle. Let's go Biffle. He's the good best. there. Yeah, he is good there. They've so, had some speed. We'll go Biffle. His suspended crew chief, Brian Patty, may or may not be there. Yeah, well, he'll be connected <laughs> at some point. <laughs> He's tuned in. Yeah. So we got Matt Kenseth against Greg Biffle. Yeah, I'm going to let you go ahead. And, I mean, I'm saving. Uh, we've, we've already used up some hitters. We, for we the have. Chase. We've had some heavy hitters. Yeah. Roush, uh, and the one reason I use Matt Kinsley is because TJ's already used him. You know, kind of got this. I got. I got a strategy. Yeah. When when I started in this deal, when when you went to Michigan, Roush was dominant. Oh Cup. yeah. Jeff Burton, Greg Biffle, Kurt Busch. I mean, it, it was the Roush show. It was. So maybe a good pick. Yeah. Problem is. My driver is a former Roush driver that made him look good all those years. So I'm I'm all right. I feel good about the speed. Yeah, I mean your your car is gonna have speed. I'm just gonna hope for some bad luck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna hope for some There's bad luck. There's a strategy. Luck. Yeah, I mean I can't go. I'm not throwing out a heavy hitter again yet. Yeah, not happening. Because the twenty is literally he's Mr. Michigan. This guy's good there. He's good. He's he good. fails to win a lot there, but Who he's good. Who calls him Mr. Michigan? Me. Just I just you. named him that. You I don't call people... him Mr. Michigan, but. <laughs> Like, we're going to give everybody nicknames. Right, I'm here. just saying, you yeah. love the nickname. What are we going to nickname Kyle Larson? <laughs> Showtime? The show? He's Upside been... down horseshoe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll just start nicknaming everybody on here. All the dirt track racers where I grew up at had nicknames. He's got a nickname, I thought. Like, who does? Kyle Larson. What is it? Man, what did I hear? Somebody called him. Uh, and I was, who's that? Like they're like, Kyle Larson. When they come out of Outlaws and Sprint Cars and dirt track stuff, like, you have a nickname. You're... You know, yeah. the real deal Don O'Neill, you know, yeah. like that guy. Hmm. We'll just start nicknaming all these guys. Or you go to Charlotte, all you hear that whenever there's a quiet in the stands, all you hear is that, and bad, Brad. You, yeah. <laughs> you can always bad, hear that. Yes. <laughs> Ryan Newman was Rocket Man for a he while. He was Rocket Man. And I guess he's lost that name. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, I guess that's the bad thing about good nicknames is when you start sucking, you don't get to keep it. I mean, he, he, sucking, he still keep he still has he it. He is beginning to be known by the nickname of Young Money. Yeah, that's what it was. That's Young Money. Kyle Young, Young Money, Money Larson. You like that name too, Young Money. You like that? That sounds like a good rap song. It does. <laughs> yeah, I it get does. into that. Young Money. Young Money. So that's pretty good for him. All right, we'll go with that. I can't wait till we have to give somebody else a nickname. 
<laughs> like what a like what do you call Chase? What's Chase? Chase Elliott? Yeah. I don't he, know, man. I I, I got He's so like Yeah. He's very quiet and stuff and you know yeah. he's just not I don't know. Be interesting. Little Ryan Blaney, what do you call him? His dad's the Buckeye Bullet. That's my point. All these great nicknames. Yeah. We need nicknames for these Steve guys. Steve Kinzer's the king. Yeah. Yeah, now mm. you're feeling me, dude. You're getting into this. I, I like it. Did Tony ever have one? Smoke, I guess. Smoke, yeah. But that came after, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. wonder what... Uh, Natalie's getting ready to kiss you on the cheek. Holy cow. Um, Was she standing straight up? Oh, she was. <laughs> um... I don't know. Is that a short joke? Yes. You're short. Really? <laughs> like you're just tall. <laughs> you're one of the only seven foot three women I know. <laughs> anyway, what'd you do Sunday? Cleaned. TJ's got a picture of you. Oh no. Talking to a crew guy. Yes. Busted. And he's been very inquisitive. Busted. He's asked it a lot of people what's going on here. Do it's, you have a response yes, to this? Yes, I do. It's my no, ex-boyfriend Rob's, one of his best friends. Oh, this is getting they weird. They own a motorcycle <laughs> company together. This just And got he never weird. travels. So okay. his name's Zach. Okay. And we hadn't seen each other in a while and he just had a baby. And so we were talking about his newborn. Y'all had a baby? Or he had a baby? <laughs> he had a baby with his wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> he All and right. I, we've just known each other for years. Okay. So. All right. That started off weird. He sent me a picture, like a total oh, creeper. Oh, what? I went by. TJ, I told you. I went he, by her. I turned around, took a picture. I was like, hey, what's it was, going he on sent, here? He sent me the creepiest text I've ever received in my entire life, and that's saying that's something. That's not really true. There's no way. It was, so, who was he? And I said, who was who? He sends me the picture Yeah. with this weird meme and the eye emoji, <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I called him a creepy mofo. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it. Anyway. Thanks to Juan May for bringing this to you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Leave us a review and some feedback anywhere. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Good a lot of good bad. questions this week, Josh, so save them for when you don't get good ones. Yep. All right. Oh, David Hoot. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Holla. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one -on -one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 